0: Welcome to the fourth season of Better News, a series of special podcasts It's All Journalism is producing in partnership with the American Press Institute. I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. Better News offers strategies and case studies to help transform newsrooms. The effort is fueled by the American Press Institute and the Knight Landfest Local News Transformation Fund. The goal of this podcast series is to highlight some of the useful research the American Press Institute has published as part of its Better News initiative. The Buffalo News, which has been providing news and information to Western New York since 1880, was looking for a way to connect with readers beyond the seven-day print newspaper. Brian Connolly and Jeff Nason recently wrote a case study about how the Buffalo News uses its staff's expertise on the Buffalo Bills, the city's NFL franchise, to build engagement and generate sponsorships. Today, Jeff, as well as fellow news staffers Mark Gaughan and Danielle Oshure, Join me to discuss the case study. Jeff, Mark, Danielle, welcome to the Better News Podcast. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, first of all, let's have you introduce yourselves. Jeff, since you're one of the co-authors of the case study, let's uh, start with you. What's your role at the Buffalo News and how'd you end up there?
1: I'm the Gusto manager here at the Buffalo News. Gusto is our things to do vertical. So in typical newsroom terms, a, a features editor. But my role in the newsroom leadership has me involved in any new projects that we're doing special projects um any innovation um, so that's how i came to be involved in this project i have a background at the news as a sports copy editor a digital editor and i've known mark for years from my time in the sports department And another thing that happens in my role frequently is dealing with departments inside the Buffalo News that are outside of our newsroom and
2: uh, working with people like Danielle.
0: Mark, same question. What's your role at the Buffalo News and how'd you end up there?
2: Yeah, I'm uh, one of three Bill's beat writers at the paper. I started at the Buffalo News in 1981 as a clerk and an intern and I'm going on my 39th year as a full timer. Been covering the Bills for 30 years. You know, we we cover the Bills extensively. I write news stories. I write feature stories. During the season, the actual regular season and playoffs, I tend to write more analysis and commentary pieces. So,
0: okay, Danielle, it's your turn. Uh, how'd you end up with the
3: Buffalo News, and, and what's your role there? I am the
2: creative director
3: of our strategic marketing team, one which Brian Connolly helped found. And so work with him on all of what we call the kind of crazy fun experimental ideas. I'm also editor of Buffalo Magazine. I joined the news five years ago. I actually moved to Buffalo from Boston where I had been at Wayfair. I started my career in magazines. You know, I have a background in journalism, and I did a lot of work in marketing and really content marketing, you know, using content to connect with audiences. And so when I saw this opportunity at the news, it was a really unique hybrid of storytelling with an audience focus and really that perfect mix that play action is of taking really good content, making sure it's in front of audiences and and kind of pioneering new ways to connect.
0: Jeff, you were the one who wrote the case study. What was the problem that Buffalo News was trying to solve and uh, what solution did you come up with?
1: We had a partnership with one of the local TV stations come to an end in which we had our sports reporters appearing on air during various news segments and, and special shows on the TV station. And... Looking back, I mean, it was probably a a natural end to that relationship, no hard feelings, but it just was time for everybody to move on. And it probably wound up being a really good thing for us in the sense that we were able to sort of step back and take another look at how we would want to use video and have our reporters involved in video and also sort of a natural deadline. We worked better on deadlines. So we had a limited amount of time to come up with a solution it probably worked out better that we we're able to quickly brainstorm and move the process along instead of dragging it out. So, yeah, I mean, we we're looking for a replacement to that video. We we're looking for a replacement for that revenue, the the advertising revenue we had as part of that partnership. And we'd done lots of video over the years in all sorts of different formats. But in this case, we really took the time to like I said before, step back and and look at what our needs were and try to come up with a product that that fit those needs. And Mark can jump in here because he has been doing this type of content for years in a different form. The video is one component of this project, but also labeling and branding much of Mark's analysis in our digital and print versions as play action was part of this project as well. Play Action, which uh, everybody can check out at go.buffalonews.com slash playaction was a two minute made for social video that capitalized on Mark Gons' analytical expertise and gave fans something to think about for the game ahead. And we did this uh, for 18 weeks, once a week during
2: the regular season. Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, we viewed it as a way, as Jeff has suggested, to complement the coverage and in a video format with a bite-sized thing for readers to consume Is sort of a, a look at the game ahead, you know, taking some key aspect that wasn't obvious, some key element of the game that they maybe didn't consider or should be aware of, and here's why it's a key going to be a key to the game, and here's you know how it impacts the Bills team, or maybe it could have just been here's something that's going really well or really poorly for the Bills at this point in the season, and here's an example of why. You know, I w- I broke down a single play each week that was illustrative of the topic we were bringing to the fore. And then we had our video designers that we hired animate the play. So just to use one example, you know, if they're playing uh, the Tennessee Titans, who have the biggest, most impressive running back in the league and Derrick Henry, here's a bread and butter play that they run all the time with Derrick Henry. Here's why it works. Here's why it's a challenge for defenses and watch for this this week when the Bills play Tennessee.
0: Okay, let's go ahead and jump in on that, Mark. That seems like a really nice strategy for something that would be appealing to well almost anybody in Buffalo because of the every everybody loves the Bills. Well, maybe not everybody, but most people. Danielle, let me ask you, as a marketing person, where did the social media come in with this plan?
3: The really exciting thing about play action and you know, to touch on kind of a little of everything, including, you know, goals and problems to solve is On the marketing side we had been working for a couple seasons at that point on a brand partnership food video series that was also tailored to be social first and we found a lot of success with it and a lot of learnings along the way and when our tv partnership came to an end and it was okay you know how are we going to save this revenue or pivot this revenue Another goal for us on the marketing side was how can we fund for the newsroom, help fund for them highly produced video, right? They work in video every day, but to be able to bring in a partner like Uplifter Video, a very talented duo here that really, you know, come from the sports world, see it, and and can tailor these beautiful videos, you know, to bring them in is, is a special next step. And then, you know, to have such a unique perspective and mark on, and know that that gem is hiding in our newsroom and saying, like, we have all the ingredients here for something really special. So how do we build a package in a way that, you know, an 18 week video series is no small undertaking, but really great. It's Bill's country, so it's appealing. So how do we come up with a sponsorship solution that really helps make this project possible?
0: Yeah, what's nice about it is having Mark, who has been there for, you know, 30 30 some years and and was also part of the television partnership, somebody who was known, a known quantity in the the community, somebody that that people were familiar with, that plus the Bills, plus the Buffalo News, it seems natural that people would see you as an authority.
3: Absolutely. And so, you know, to answer the why social media question, this one was a a theory that we tested and we're really excited to be able to roll out is that, you know, kind of serving a dual audience, which is bringing value, increased value to our subscribers, giving them a way to engage with content differently and also get to know Mark on a different level, but then also reaching people who aren't necessarily Buffalo new subscribers or don't engage with us in traditional platforms, you know, showing them the insight and the expertise that we bring. And so You know, as simple as it is, social media, when you make a campaign social media first, you know, it's a zero click action. You're not asking them to do four different things before they can consume the content. And so when we talked to Jeff about making this social first, it was, you know, that was the argument for saying, don't drive them to the website to watch the video, bring the video to where they are. And if they want to, you know, dive deeper, we can give them click throughs. When we say social media, we really mean it. That means, you know, an Instagram strategy, a Facebook strategy, a Twitter strategy, And one of the things that we grew into a paid YouTube strategy. So really, you know, people on these platforms, they're different demographics, they're different ages, they consume differently. Your Twitter user is different from your Instagram user. And it doesn't mean that they're all not Bill's fans because it's Buffalo and they are, it just meant being a little smart, taking the time to tailor to each and giving everybody a pathway to consume the content.
0: You said a couple of things that I really liked. The main one though, is that you had theories. You'd had this experience before with video doing this. So you had some ideas of things you wanted to try out and then you test those theories. What was the initial reaction to the videos and how did that sort of change over the course of the first year?
3: I can give you the marketing perspective and then I'll definitely let Jeff and Mark speak. I always like to warn, you know, social media can be a little fickle and you can't always predict it. And it also requires some patience. So. You know, week one play action got actually, you know, for what we were expecting, performed very well. When you look, you know, take that step back and look at over 18 weeks, nice. you see continual growth. And that comes with, you know, building a new brand, building a new content source, the time for brand awareness to kick in and people to really say, oh, I know what play action is. Or, you know, you hook them one week with a video and now they're waiting for the next week. But from the beginning, we saw great response. I always like to say when it's social media, one of the best things that you can look for is what is the type of engagement that you are getting, right? A lot of comments isn't always a positive thing, constant newspaper struggle. But you know, to see positive comments come, um, you know, and Mark and Jeff can speak to this more, but you know, colleagues sharing and being excited, you know, we saw immediate traction both in the social media platforms. And we had a really robust distribution campaign across kind of every medium you can imagine. There were print ads with QR codes leading so you could watch the video. Videos were embedded in the print, online digital print pieces, you know, kind of everything led you back in the web of content so that it could hook you in if you wanted it. But that was all secondary success. And what we saw was not only really high video views, but, good engagement, which is one of our favorite things to see. It means that people are really interested and excited about what they're finding.
0: Jeff, can you tell me what seemed to be working well from the content end? Did you get a lot of engagement that you were able to see, you know, transfer over to print?
1: One of the key things for us, once we saw the product come together and put it out there was, you know, a bit of a wow. Like this is something we've done on a different level. And it started with the process of thinking that way, like, you know, let's not do what we've done before. Let's think outside the box. Let's work with people like Danielle's team to try and do something bigger and better. And I think it was very clear to us when we got the first draft of that first episode, that this is a new territory for us. We're capable of doing this kind of stuff. That's really cool. You know, and for us in the newsroom to have a product like this, that was, Fully funded and, you know, a profitable venture was, you know, just fantastic to think that, you know, there's an appetite for this kind of stuff in terms of sponsorship and audience. And we love the ability to to be able to showcase Mark and put out something in a format that we've never, you know, dreamed of in the past.
0: Mark, as somebody who's been at the paper for 30 years, somebody who is known for his analysis and covering the bills, how different was it from what you've been doing before?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's 39 years, but who's counting? Yeah, it was uh, very different. I viewed it as a really new creative complement to what we had been doing a lot of, as Jeff uh, mentioned, but I think it, I hope that it opened our readers' eyes a little bit to and made them maybe appreciate some of the stuff that had always been in the, had been in the paper before, because now they see it in a little bit different medium and a, maybe a, a more creative, very professional looking, crisp, smoothly produced style. So, you know, I think it just made us look good. You've been in the business a long time. You know, it's all about churning out the copy, you know, and, and if you cover up a pro beat, You're on the hamster wheel week after week after week, you know, it's it's churning out a lot of content. And uh, sometimes I think even your loyal readers can take it a little for granted. Hey, yeah, let's rattle their cage. Hey, this is uh, something we've been doing that you should pay attention to. So uh, I think it highlighted, you know, our content in a really uh, new way that made readers take notice.
0: Was there any particular type of story that seemed to work better or get a better reaction?
2: Well, they all fell under the game inside football analysis. And each week we used a play as a jumping off point to say, "Okay, what does this play say about the current state of the Bills? So we tried to make each animation, uh, put it in a broader context there was a lot of feedback on the bigger game, you know, the bigger game, the better the feedback when they played Kansas city and Patrick Mahomes, uh, that was, you know, big, everybody's, uh, yeah.
0: Danielle. And one of the things that Jeff had mentioned is that you knew he was pleased with the fact that there were sponsorships. Did you have sponsorships lined up from the very beginning? You know, was this a project that was easy to sell?
3: Yeah. You know, I give a lot of credit to our team, because, you know, just like creating, it takes a little bit of wrapping your mind around, you know, selling a big sponsorship like this one that you've never done before, you know, you're asking not only your sales leaders, but, you know, all your clients to kind of dream with you. And, you know, once we had the concept, and I want to give a huge shout out to our social media manager at the time, Tiffany Woods, who helped us craft this and monitored it every week to ensure success, you know. She was pivotal to this program. We crafted a really interesting, holistic sponsorship. So we didn't just say, okay, you know, for this money, you get this one thing. It was, you know, come in and be a part of this play action franchise, basically, that we've built. And it was, you know, when we talk about omni-channel, which is a nice buzzword for our sales team, we hit on every everything that their clients care about. We had social media sponsorship and that includes you know taking advantage of new features like at the time you know paid partnership giving them that tag on social newsletter email newsletter that's another big one there was that there were digital ads a tide they call them takeovers so you know it's the only ads that appear on mark's play action column online they get those ads they get ads in print you know so really thinking of it in a you know 18 week touching every part of it process and once that package was built, it was brought. And I think, honestly, to the first client they brought it to, bought it. And that is a testament to the quality of the sales leaders who's, you know, kind of, it's like matchmaking sometimes. They said this sounds like the perfect place for this client. And they made it happen. You said there
0: were 18 episodes in the first season. Is there anything that didn't work? This is something you were spinning you know, up from some ideas that you had on other things from a production standpoint and from an advertising and a digital standpoint, what were the things that happened that you didn't expect, or were there things that that surprised you?
3: Well, I will. I know the whole team has thoughts on that one. I'll say from my perspective, it's it's also about what didn't work and more about what opportunities are we missing, or what what are the performance trying to tell us? So one of the things we learned was around week eight. We were seeing really, you know, week over week, interesting engagement on YouTube. Unexpected. We kind of threw it up there because we had it and we were seeing such solid engagement. We decided to kick in with a full paid YouTube campaign and it became our most successful platform for the regular season. And interestingly enough, it was also um, people consuming that content on their television. And so I think that speaks to this content too. It was interesting, something you'd want to pull up and really think about. So we did what we did an 18 week season, and then we did one special postseason. And I pull that up as the example, because that was a really interesting pivot in experimentation, you know, looking at some of the things that we saw during the regular season. And Mark did a really excellent job working with the Uplifter team. You know, after a couple of weeks, we said, let's get into the meat of it sooner. Let's hook them immediately, instead of a soft lead in, like, You know, throw it out there, hook them in, and then follow up after the intro. And so we kind of played on that. For the postseason, we wanted to try shortening it and also playing with Instagram Reels. Because during the 18-week season, we saw a major platform shift from Instagram, which was prioritizing Reels as the main video that it would serve to you if you were not a follower. And so this happens all the time when you're doing social media campaigns, and it is worth mentioning that you have to stay really agile because if platform changes and the algorithm changes, you should change too. It's in your benefit. And so for the postseason episode, we produced a 45-second Instagram reel in addition to all of the other platforms. And we shot that vertically and we saw the reward of that. It performed four times better than the highest performing Instagram video of the entire 18-week season, including some really significant organic traction because that's how the algorithm was cut. And so you say, you know, what's not working, what's working. Sometimes it's what outside factors are changing that we should adapt our playbook for.
0: Wow, that's really smart. Jeff, how about you? Was there anything that you sort of had to change the course on during the season?
1: Well, I think what Danielle referenced is uh, the most obvious example. I mean, I think that um, we had a lot of successes with this project. One of the things that we were sort of limited with was the ability to be flexible within the 18-week regular season you know we had a budget that we had to stay within so we wound up actually doing i believe four different sessions video sessions filming sessions with mark so he would be projecting in some cases a month out on the bill schedule with what we might want to talk about and we didn't have the ability to adapt like we did going into the postseason and the idea there was even though we had made slight adjustments during the year to get into the content sooner and to get into the animation sooner, the approach in the postseason enabled us to get into it right away. You know, we don't need to do another wholesale filming session with Mark talking into a camera. Let's get the animation on the screen right away with Mark's voiceover. And it probably wound up being a better product and it also was much more efficient to produce. How
0: did you feel about that change, Mark?
2: Yeah, I thought it worked well. I think as we went on, concise is good people have uh, only have so much time and we're the journalists who can break things down you know to the old uh, cliche mark twain said i would have written you a long letter or a short letter but i didn't have time so there are many people out there doing you know 16, 60 90 minute podcasts which are great you know nice but you only have so much time to consume so much media in a given week, And even if you're a fan, there's a limit where you're going to consume this much and I, that just life gets in the way of my fandom. So, you know, we felt that boiling things down, making the concise, hitting the crux of the matter and doing that in a journalistic way, just with a sharp lead and bulleting our points worked the most effectively.
0: We're recording this actually on the 29th of August. So we're just about ready to start the new season. I assume because it was successful that we're going to see more play action videos coming this year. Jeff, do you want to take that?
1: The interesting thing about how it came together leading into the 2021 season was we were on a timeline and we knew we had to get certain things done. But we were also aware of the fact that if we didn't have a sponsorship, that we were not going to be able to do it as we drew up we're going to have to shift our plans and you know but we also didn't want to sit on our hands and wait for something we wanted to be proactive and think big so we moved along in the process as if all right this is going to happen we're going to be ready when we get word that that we can make this work and we're taking a similar approach here in 2022 i mean we have a goal to grow this danielle came to me a couple months ago with here are some thoughts, here's what I think we should do. And we're proceeding with that. We have the seed planted from 2021, but now we wanna make more of this and and grow it. And the component that we're adding is a podcast. And again, same theme, we're gonna be efficient. And in this sea of bills coverage here that we have to compete with a lot of different sources of information, we're gonna try and do something different. So, you know, Again, using Mark's expertise and analysis is an anchor for it, but also bringing in another one of the Bill's beat reporters, Catherine Fitzgerald, and then, you know, putting this out in a podcast format is the goal for 2022, but we, Danielle, you can, maybe you want to weigh in on sort of the, the process of like where we're at with this, but. We don't know exactly what we're going to have. We have a plan A for all the stuff that happen, but if we don't have it, we, we can go to plan B and be on the ready at any point during the season to go back to the original plan that we drew up.
3: And I think that's very indicative of, you know, working in media is you have your, your best case scenario. And then, you know, I like having backup plans because, you know, I think it doesn't have to be black and white ideal or walk away. I think you can get really really flexible. And so we are in the active sales process. I think many in many in this field know that sometimes production deadlines and timelines and sales timelines don't always align the way that you would hope. But we are excited about I've been internally calling it Play Action 2.0, bringing in that podcast format and what we're calling, you know, snackable 15 minute is our goal timeline for it and The thought process there again is, you know, leaning in to this audience that's really wants to dive deeper with Mark. So still having those really quick bite videos that give you the top level X's and O's, but if you want to know more, come in and listen and, and bring that coverage to life through a conversation and get to know these two wonderful staffers better.
0: I like that you learned from what you did last year, but also what i really liked hearing it may have been you danielle who said it that you wanted to do something different and actually i guess each of you said this in a different way the success of this was this is something that we haven't done before we're pushing ourselves a little bit so rather than you know year two coming back and doing the same thing you're actually saying let's push ourselves a little further let's build on what we learned and then also Because we're journalists and we know how digital media works, either we have a backup plan just in case and also being agile as well. You wanted to say something, Mark?
2: I just wanted to add that this uh, podcast plan allows us to feature and maybe bring up in a little more prominence this other uh, reporter who we're very proud of, who was very talented, Catherine Fitzgerald, and put a spotlight on her. So she and I will do it together and you know, the difference is that so many podcasts are long and we are going to keep it like a newspaper story, concise and to the point, but while hopefully still being as entertaining as possible. So a 12 to 14 minutes is actually an extremely tight podcast by podcast, you know, standards.
0: Yes. Yes. Shorter, shorter, the better. Generally, I'm at the belief that there's a market for podcast is short as two minutes to five minutes daily, just to give people a little taste of something. I think that long podcasts, especially long sports podcasts, you know, they have their place, but they're not necessarily the be-all and end-all in podcasting. Anyway, that's me pontificating about podcasting. So just one thing from each of you, any advice you'd have for another newspaper or news outlet who may be thinking about putting their toe in the, you know, in the water as far as video or digital goes you know experimenting with something that they haven't done before jeff did you want to answer that
1: yeah i think for us in the newsroom the biggest thing was trusting people like danielle and people like brian Connolly, who we mentioned earlier he's our vice president for business development he had a background in our newsroom danielle mentioned her journalistic background which is helpful but aside from that it was look they know what they're doing and when they come to us with an idea when they come to us saying, think bigger, we trusted them and sort of the same thing that we had talked about with looking at play action 2.0. When Danielle said, this is you know an idea that I have for this, it's all right, let's do it. You know, Pretty much everything you said was gonna work with the first version did. So absolutely, you have our buy-in 100% on what you want us to try to do with 2.0.
0: How about you, Danielle? What advice would you give?
3: It's actually twofold. The first very much what Jeff spoke to is it requires teamwork across departments in newspapers that don't or historically have not worked closely together. And it requires a lot of mutual respect and trust. And so, you know, be open, come in and say, you know, I know what I'm asking of you, you know, asking this newsroom to do that is, it's a big undertaking, but say, you know, for what you give, we give too. And, you know, I think of it as a real team effort because it's, if they're going to go through all the trouble to make this amazing content, then we're going to kick in everything we've learned and we execute for our clients to make sure it's as successful as it can be. And it becomes a project that everybody loves to work on and looks forward to. And, you know, it's really meaningful for us because at the end of the day, you know we're here for journalism and we're here to support local journalism and this project was really special for that on a marketing side my advice is one that Brian Hadley and I often share which is take strategic risk sometimes you will not succeed but you always learn from it and that in itself is a win and you have to you know keep pushing yourself and keep experimenting a lot of times success is in the little details and the crazy ideas, you know, and that's where having, again, it comes down to teamwork, even on my team, building a team where someone says, Hey, we've been doing this for a couple of weeks. Let's try How about we try this? And, you know, Tiffany Woods, our social media manager at the time was amazing at that. She watched this every week and every week would share insights and say, Twitter is doing really well. It's because of newsroom engagement, not just with Mark, but other reporters, like, Tell them it's awesome. Tell them to keep it up, and that we see this huge spike when they retweet and they engage. Or, you know, we're missing an opportunity here, and really be, you know, building an environment where there's openness to ask questions and and answer those questions, and really have, you know, leave your defensiveness and your ego at the door, and just know that it's all for the betterment of the content. How
0: about you, Mark? What advice would you give?
2: Yeah, I, I would say having an open-minded approach like Danielle said, and sort of a can-do attitude. I mean, every newspaper staff, let's face it, is lean and mean. And uh, it's not like we are going to take on a new project and write less stories. (laughs) So the workload is staying the same. But if you are open to, hey, let's take something we're already doing or a piece of what we're doing and maybe build on that a little more And turn it into something new. You know, there were some times where Jeff and I went back and forth and said, Well, you know, it's not happening. That idea is a good idea, but, you know, there's just not enough hours in the day for me to put that together. However, it makes me think of this other idea. Okay, I do have a little bit on this. If I just do a little bit more work on that, now we've got, yeah, I can turn it into something. So, You know, the easy thing to say is, oh, my God, how are we going to do take on this extra project? I don't think it's going to work. If you look at it with a little open mindedness, you know, there may be a way to take a little bit of what you're already doing, build on it a little and make it work.
0: Amen to that. I found that in my experience in, in a digital newsroom, that even as you said, we're all working a lot. We've all got a lot of stories to write and things to do. But the things that we do, you know, when we do these experiments, you know, when we take opportunities to do something new and push ourselves, you know, they make the stuff that we do day to day better and more rewarding. At least, at least that's been my experience. I've been talking to Jeff Nason, Mark Gaughan, and Danielle Oshur about how the Buffalo News built engagement and generated sponsorships with play actions, social videos. With Jeff, Mark, and Danielle, thanks for coming on the Better News Podcast.
3: Thanks
0: Thanks for listening to Better News, a co-production of the American Press Institute and It's All Journalism. API's Better News Initiative offers strategies and case studies to help transform newsrooms. You can find out more about the Better News Initiative and this podcast at betternews.org.